What is a church? In this series from the Everlasting Rock podcast, we seek to ask and answer the question of what is a church? By opening up our Bibles and sitting down with pastors, we seek to explore the doctrine of ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the very first episode of What is a Church? In this series, we seek to explore what God's purpose for the church is by looking at scripture. My pastor always says to look at the blueprint to see what the church is to be and to do. And our blueprint is scripture. And so in this very first episode, I am honored to be joined by my local pastor, Pastor Matt Harmon of Montrose Bible Church. In this episode, I ask, what is a church? We explore the definition of ecclesia. We talk about the beginning of church in scripture, and we talk about the church's foundation. Grab your Bibles and tune in now, because here we go for what is a church. What is a church? That is the question we are seeking to answer in this study. What is a church? And so I want to begin this conversation today by, by simply asking you, what is a church? Yeah, I think if you ask that question of 100 people, even those who attend such a place, you would get a lot of different answers. So I think to properly put this in perspective and bring a right definition to this word, the church. Uh, we want to look at the scriptural word, which is that Greek word, ecclesia. And we see that so many times in scripture. The New Testament has this throughout, uh, mostly to talk about a local congregation. So probably more what we think of as, as a local body of believers. So ecclesia really has two Parts of meaning. Uh, first, it talks about being an assembly, the bringing together of people. And so I think as we think of this idea, congregation, people who are going to congregate and be together. But of course, then we have to ask a little bit more probing question to say, well, who are those who are coming together in that congregation? And that's really the more particular pointed Part of that definition for ecclesia being the called out ones. So we put those together and we say, well, then the church really is the assembly of called out ones. Perhaps a way to think of it is, is this. Those who are in a relationship with Christ Jesus are now brought into relationship with one another. So to me, that is that is where this this starts. And of course, that begins to become a filter then. And perhaps something we'll talk about yep. later on in this in this episode. Uh, to start distinguishing the true church from one who only holds the name. Is it is it truly an assembly of those who are called out? Called out from worldliness, called into a deeper 
long-lasting, more meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Is that true of the congregation? Or is it a different gathering of different persons that may not fully qualify under the definition the church? Yeah. So let's let's begin by by looking at scripture. Because scripture is our our blueprint. It it helps gives us a guide for for what is a church because the world has defined church in in so many various ways. Um, and even over the last couple of years now, churches churches has come to mean a lot of of things. And so we want to look at scripture and really see what did the church look like at the very beginning so so really where is the beginning of church in scripture yeah well you're absolutely right one of the things that's important to do uh for all of us is to return to the original master blueprint and that's found in scripture so when did the church get its start where do we found the foundation of the church uh, where do we see it birthed? Well, it happens uh, not coincidentally, right after the fall, uh, the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit was sent. So uh, the Lord Jesus ascends, but he tells his followers, it's actually to your advantage that I go, because I will send another who is just like me, who will teach of me, reveal the truth to my people, and guide you in the way that you should go. And so that happens at the day of Pentecost. We see that in Acts chapter 2. And uh, really, Acts chapter 2 leads us through some of those key elements that we see at the beginning of the church. So Acts chapter 2, again, begins with the indwelling presence now of the Holy Spirit that was sent, which brings an ability, a newfound Mm -hmm. supernatural ability for those who had been followers of Christ to all of a sudden with boldness, power, and great accuracy proclaim the truth that Christ previously had been espousing. And so now we see the new age of the church birthed where the apostles take on responsibility for teaching and they're able to do so in, again, supernatural means by the way of tongues so that Christ is glorified, and people can know that the gospel is indeed for them. And so Peter, most notably in Acts chapter 2, gives what we call the first Christian sermon, or the first sermon in a church age, where he challenges people about their treatment of Christ and calls them to repentance and a relationship. So if we pick up the text in Acts chapter 2, following Peter's brilliance, exposition. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, we begin to see the gathering of people together around this new thing, the church. I'll start reading in verse 37. Now when they heard this, that is Peter's preaching, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, 
be saved from this perverse generation. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. What were those souls doing? What does the, what does the church of 3,000 look like? We find that in verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So again, as we begin to think about the church, what should the church be? What should the church be focusing on? What kinds of things ought to be important? As we gather, rather than just continue to look at what was trending five years ago or the model that was established 10 years before that, those are all copies of copies of copies of copies. We want to go back and return to the original blueprint that was set in place by the Lord God himself. Say at the very outset of this thing called the church, what was happening what was important, and we see many of those elements in Acts yep. chapter two. Yeah, that was some. There's some major stuff in Acts two, like beginning talking about the the Holy Spirit receiving um, the Holy Spirit, and then you mentioned Peter preaching, and he brings the Word of God fully. He does not. He does not only preach a little bit. He preaches this this masterful sermon. By the Spirit. The Spirit works in him, bringing 3,000 to Christ. And it's not just the people hear the sermon and they're just like, all right. And they just walk away. They say they were, they were pierced to the heart and said, what should we do? And so there's a, you see this response and then they, they repent. They they're baptized, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, probably in a future episode about the Holy Spirit and about preaching and a lot of this stuff we'll get into in in further episodes. Um, but we see this idea of assembling. We see the this idea of of gathering. They were committed to one another. They were they were connected to one another. They began selling their their property and their possessions, is what verse forty five. Um, says and they were committed to to really growing in in the Lord and and I think there's just there's just so much in there but but that is the 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 beginning of the church and so what should the foundation of the church be well clearly we have as our almost default christian answer we say well we're we're building on the work of Christ and, and certainly we are, but I think the answer to that question is probably a little bit deeper than that. Again, with Scripture as our guide, if we turn to Ephesians chapter 2, I think there's an interesting insight that Paul gives in writing the letter 
to the elders that he established and left behind at the Church of Ephesus, um, which talks about the church, its foundation, and how it should be properly built. And so Ephesians chapter 2, perhaps we would begin in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having been put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have our access to one spirit to the Father. And then notice what it says in verse 19 about this very question, the foundation of the church. It says, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, talking about the church, which, according to verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So if we understand that language correctly, we see that Christ is that cornerstone, that is, he, he is that key that keeps everything else straight and true. And so we want to be at all times in perfect alignment with who he is and what he has said. But but on top of that, we, we understand that there was a foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets who have gone before us. And what are those, what are the apostles and prophets holding common? What do they bring to the table for us? today as the church, well, it is their teaching. It's their right proclamation of God's word that we are to build the church upon, that we're to establish roots in, and that we are going to grow because of. So we never get away from the idea of Christ is that key, essential, can't possibly do without it. The whole thing crumbles if it's not their cornerstone piece keeps everything straight and true. We need to be always in alignment with him. But when we build the church, we also build on a foundation that was laid by those who have gone before, specifically the apostles and the prophets who brought us the word of God. Yeah, that that text is is just beautiful because uh, just looking at like the very beginning of Ephesians 2, talking about by grace through faith and and being saved not by ourselves, but only by God through his gift, um, which is the person of Christ. And so then Matt touched, touched on um, talking about the idea of the walls of hostility being brought down, people being brought to Christ, being built on the apostles' teaching, apostles and the prophets' teaching, and Christ being cornerstone, 
And so those elements, the apostles' teaching, prophets, and Christ Jesus, must be the foundation. And so, and it speaks there in verse 21, 22 about what results when mm-hmm. that's happening properly, which yeah. I think is, is the outflow that we're, as we sit here today, we thinking, you know, again, what should the church look like? Where mm-hmm. should it stand? Uh, how should it be growing? I think that's with, with those things properly in place at the foundational level, we have a whole building that's being fitted together growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Now you will hear in different places, in different factions, a dismissal of this idea of holiness. But the mm-hmm. church is to yeah. be a holy temple. Yep. And if the apostles and prophets' teaching mm-hmm. are at the foundation, if Christ Jesus is in fact yep. the cornerstone, this thing is going to grow together into a holy temple in the Lord. A spiritual work, as it says in verse 22, a dwelling of God in the spirit that's built up for his honor and glory's sake. So, again, this is the real importance of this question, and I'm glad that you asked it today. The foundation of the church, anytime the foundation is wrong, the building is off. Quite famously, we understand that there are oh, there's one type of man who will build on a shaky foundation, mm-hmm. the sand, and one who builds on the rock. And again, that the, the everlasting yeah. rock concept yeah. comes is kind of born out of that, yep. born out of that very example. And if we don't have the foundation mm-hmm. right, and truth be told, mm-hmm. in many places, in many ways, the the, the church of yep. modernity has gotten off its foundation. Yep. And it's leaning sideways as a result, yep. not being the whole fitted together building, yep. not being the holy temple of the Lord that yep. the church was always intended to be. So really yep. important to kind of yep. consider this concept, think through this, uh, be challenged by it as we all are, and make sure that we return to yep. the right foundation. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's interesting to think, because as you were talking, I was, I was thinking about and just even like the first verse, like you were dead in your trust, transgressions and sins. And thinking about that, that we are all dead. But oftentimes we like to think that we're alive. We like to think that everything's going well. We like to think that we can build good things. But if we don't have the Lord, we have no foundation. And so... It's been cool because we've been already talking about this a little bit on the podcast. It's talking about building your life on the Lord as your rock. And so we have to build our lives on the rock. And we also have to make sure churches are built on the rock. Because everything else, the building may look good. The building may look awesome. But if there's no good foundation for it, it doesn't really mean anything and so we need that that true foundation we need the apostles and we need the prophets and we need christ jesus himself being that cornerstone because that will separate those who are not of the church from those who are the church if they're connected with christ because christ is 
the cornerstone. And then also thinking about it, this idea of, of growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord. So the, the church must not be a, a, a gathering that is just stagnant, that is just here and is not doing anything. But, but scripture has this language of, of being built together, being joined together, growing into a, a holy sanctuary in the Lord. And I, I think there's a, just a, a really important element here of just this idea of, of, of growing in our knowledge of, of Christ and his word. And I, and I think that'll, that'll help us to, to become a, a holy sanctuary in the Lord. And so I, I think that's just such a crucial element is, are we growing in the Lord? Are we, are we growing in our understanding of scripture? Are we growing in our, our love for the Lord? Are we growing in holiness? Are we, are we putting to death sin more and more every single day and are we seeking to be a holy sanctuary in the lord yeah it absolutely i mean that is that is going to be a the outward evidence that tells you you know foundations are often hidden from view so the average passerby can't tell you whether the house on the street has a laid up stone foundation mm-hmm. A poured concrete foundation has been put on a slab or on piers. Oftentimes, that part is not what's what's visible. What what is visible, though, will start to demonstrate the quality of the foundation. So eventually, something built on shaky piers, that's going to become evident. Uh, in the, bringing that example back to church life, if if we have a group of people who have no desire or appetite for holiness uh, who have not even made that an aim granted we fall short but who have not even made that an aim uh, you begin to question what mm-hmm. lies yeah. underneath what what maybe they're on a different and and more faulty foundation and it honestly just won't last you build on the sand it goes up quick. It could be a massive structure. Uh, but but what does it say? When the storms of life come, yeah. and they will, when they're tested in eternity by the one who tests the Lord mm-hmm. God, it just doesn't stand. Uh, and, and so, yeah, glad you asked that question. Really important that we we continue to think about that as we, as we consider the church moving forward. Yeah, I think it is just so important of, of having that that right foundation and it, it's cool uh, also just to think about and just talking this idea of of being a, a holy sanctuary in the lord being growing into that just thinking also about our state before christ that we were dead in transgressions and sin and we were completely far away from from holiness whatsoever but god being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us Ephesians 2, 4. It's just amazing to think that that Christ brought us salvation, that he, he brought us back to the Lord, that we were dead in sin, that, that Christ died for our sins, brought us back to God. The Spirit indwells the believer, grows, sanctifies, and helps us to begin to, to walk a, 
a life that is honoring to the Lord. And, and as we walk by His Spirit, we're going to be constantly pursuing more and more and more holiness. And I, I think that is just such a such a, a, a cool element because I think sometimes we can, we can just sort of think of the church as like, oh, this is like, I get to do this and this and that. But no, it's only by God's grace that we can even be part of a church. This has been episode one of What is a Church? Join us next time as we continue our conversation with Pastor Matt Harmon. Thanks for listening. And for more resources, visit everlastingrock.net. That's everlastingrock.net.